We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, it's Alex from the Guilty as Charged podcast crew, and I'm here to talk about Manscaped. Just like an NFL game, your balls need to be clean. What happens when your balls aren't clean? I don't know. Joshua Kelly fumbles, Philip Rivers interceptions, deflate gate, you name it. Using the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, you can groom to your heart's content. Their trimming technology is the best in the biz, and you won't catch a suspension for cheating. Personally, I love the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs. Whatever you want, Manscaped has it. For 20% off your first order, use code GUILTY at checkout. It supports the show, but also supports your grooming habits. That's the most important thing. We care about you. Again, that's code GUILTY at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Now let's get to those Los Angeles Chargers. Hey guys, welcome in to this special edition of our YouTube video. We're going to do our first mock draft of the year. Also going to have a fun discussion on uh, Melvin Ingram. And so uh, we'll get started on that right away. But first and foremost, Tyler, how are you doing, man? Doing great. My haircut's awesome. <laughs> man, I don't know what he was thinking with that haircut. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I, I think it almost feels like rookie hazing. That's a that was my first thought as well. But uh, <laughs> you remember the Tim Tebow haircuts from back in the day? I'm just glad it yeah. wasn't that kind of thing. But yeah. uh, we'll have to see. Alex, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. And and listen, you know, I think people are, are being unfair to Justin Herbert. Some people just don't care about how they get their hair cut. <laughs> and you know what? That's perfectly okay. All right. I only get my hair cut like every two or three months. And Stephen guffawed at that idea. 
Uh, but you know, some people just want to get a cut and then grow it again, you know, and that's probably what Justin's going to do. Cause he hasn't gotten a haircut since like 2017, 2018. So first time for him in a while. Yeah. You know, I, I can't say I blame him. I I've been there with my beard. I've never been there with my hair where I've like cut it all off <laughs> like that, but I've definitely been there with the beard. Um, anyway, so we'll move on to the actual topic of the day. Um, so I wanted to talk about Melvin Ingram because I feel like this really, you know, his contract and, and his future with the Chargers is really going to be like the key decision on, in terms of where the Chargers go in the draft. You know, because if they don't, if they don't keep him around, then obviously edge is going to be a huge need. If they do, then, you know, it pivots to corner offensive tackle, things like that. So um, I wanted to bring up this tweet from, uh, you know, our good friend, Michael Peterson, who writes for bolts from the blue. And, uh, you know, he was kind of comparing Melvin Ingram and Uchenna Unwosu for this team. And uh, Unwosu in four starts this year, 45% of snaps played, has 22 tackles, three tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, two passes defended, eight quarterback hits, and one missed tackle. In six starts and 52% of the snaps, Melvin Ingram has eight tackles, zero tackles for loss, zero sacks, two passes defended, one interception from week one four quarterback hits and one missed tackle. So you can kind of see from the numbers that really, you know, Melvin Ingram isn't making a huge impact. And, you know, we all know about his leadership skills, but it's just not showing up in the box score. So he's a free agent after this year. Tyler, we'll start with you. Do you resign him? Like, like what is your stance on keeping Melvin Ingram around for this team? I think the first thing just with those stats, it's okay. He's, he's underperformed quite a bit. But I do have to say that Chen and Wosu, you know, all of his numbers have come with, or at least in those starts, have come with Joey Bosa playing at least, whereas Ingram has played some games without yeah, him. For sure. um, so I do think Ingram is going to have his numbers increase just because Joey Bosa returns or even because Chris Harris returns and makes, you know, the coverage team better. Um, that being said, I think he returns depending on whether Lynn returns or not, which is kind of odd. Um, but I think they're so loyal to him. Um, clearly Ingram, you know, wanted to stay with his team. You know, he had an issue with his contract in the off season, um, but he still, you know, showed up, coached the other players. Anthony Lynn said, Oh my God, you know, I love this guy. I want to keep him forever. And Ingram says he wants to be around forever. Right. Um, so I think if, I do think if Lynn sticks around, I do think Ingram sticks around, although he'll be at a much lower cost than he would have been. Um, or at least that I thought he was going to be at the beginning of the year. That said, if they clean house, um, if Lynn's gone, maybe even just if Bradley's gone, I don't know. Um, I, I think I think he's gone. I think Chenin Wosu has shown enough. Um, I was worried about him last year. Everyone was, oh my gosh, after the Denver game, Chenin Wosu is the next big thing. He's so good, and then he disappeared. Uh, was not the case this year. He looked he looked yeah. really good, way stronger, smarter, and playing like Melvin Ingram did um, when he was good. So you know we'll see if Ingram can rebound. But at this rate, if what I would do is I would move on, which is sad to say. I really didn't think he'd hit this almost this cliff. Uh, so fast, but it is what it is. And if you have to pay a guy, you know, north of $10 million or whatever he is end up getting, it's not worth it. And there's a lot of guys on this team who really need contracts um, more than, I mean, I didn't even know Forrest Lamp was going to return. Now he's maybe the guy that has to return on this offensive line. So yeah, true. there's a lot of guys that are just all of a sudden earning their contracts like Michael Davis. I mean, we can talk about those things later in the draft, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's just time for time to move on, which is sad, but what do you do? Yeah, it is sad. And, and I mean, before the season, I said that I would have been OK with like doing a franchise tag potentially in 2021 and, and kind of seeing what would happen. But 
definitely not okay with that now because that would be a very expensive one-year deal for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, what do you make of, of Melvin Ingram's impact right now and his uh, future in Los Angeles? Yeah, so he's not having a big impact right now. As obviously indicated by the sack number, not a ton of tackles. Uh, it's just been a tough year for him. Uh, you know, the Bosa thing doesn't help uh, just because, you know, as Tyler indicated, a lot of Bosa's big numbers come with Bosa on the field and Bosa and Ingram have mostly worked uh, as a tandem. But I would even say that if you go back to the season in which Bosa missed eight games, I think, or seven games uh, back in 2018, I think, you know, Ingram was a little bit more productive in that stretch. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's totally because of Bosa personally. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's part of the reason I, I would say that his best game was probably Jacksonville. That's where it seemed like he was affecting things the most, even yeah. if he wasn't putting up sack numbers, but definitely in the last, uh, two weeks, two, three weeks, he just hasn't been very visible. And that's been a big problem against, you know, two divisional opponents. Uh, so I would like to see maybe Ingram back if you get him on a cheap one-year deal right now. I don't think he's going to be particularly expensive just because he's not putting up the numbers and edge is just such a, it's a position that's based on how many sacks did you get? How many tackles, all that uh, kind of analytical data. You know, that's why people kind of view it as as sort of an analytical darling position. Uh, But it's definitely a valuable position on the defense. (sighs) I have to imagine they move on for Wosu, but I I wouldn't mind seeing him back. But yeah, it depends on who's GM, who's coach, uh, or even Tyler said, who's defensive coordinator, because um, that could really uh, change things overnight. Uh, personally, I think they'll go Wosu uh, and let Ingram walk, or they grab someone in the draft, uh, some maybe high like uh, Quiddy Pay, uh, like Steven said, or Rousseau. We'll get to the mock draft in a minute. Uh, but I, I definitely think those would be the guys that are kind of maybe in contention to replace them. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And like you said, we'll get to that in just a hot second. So I propose, and we talked about this beforehand, but I propose that we do this mock draft with the idea that Melvin Ingram is not on the Chargers in 2021. Works for me. Okay, so we're going to do that mock draft right now. I'm going to share my screen um, and we're going to get started. So this is going to be a lot of fun for us. You know, I, I'm a big time draft addict. Obviously, I wish them the Chargers were contending, um, but, you know, it is what it is. We're going to get started with this. We are only going to do three rounds uh, on this mock draft. I feel like that's kind of standard for, you know, all the big time analysts. And frankly, once you get past round three, it's. It's a lot of guys that we don't really know about right now. So uh, I think three rounds is fair and it's going to be a lot of fun for you guys and uh, a lot of fun for us as well. So let's get it rolling. Hopefully this isn't a weird one. Sometimes you'll get like a, a weird selection first. Okay. Okay. That's okay. That's kind of weird. Jamar Chase and number three. All right. So I'm going to restart this one over. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. I think I think Chase is fine, maybe at three, but yeah, they're one of them too is taking Sewell. So yeah, and the Reds, the Washington football team, excuse me, is is definitely uh, taking a quarterback. But so we're gonna start this over. I figured that this was a possibility, <laughs> man, but uh, it is what it is. I wish we could start the 2019 draft over and pick some new players. 
Facts. Apologies for the delay, everyone. I'm surprised by how high uh, TDN has Rosso. They have kind of consistently okay. going top four, Give top five. That's a normal one. Okay, there we go. Okay. <laughs> no, that's not normal. Man, come uh, on, TDN. You're killing me right now. Let's take Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Yeah, someone take asked him. me the other day, like, would you take Justin Fields if he was there? It's like, no. You have Justin <laughs> Herbert. Like, what are we doing here? Oh, man. All right, TDN. Come on now. Maybe you can do some uh, Taysom Hill stuff with Justin Fields. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess I could control the first ones. Wait, no, I can't do that. Okay, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, God. No. Okay. Fields goes and then Sewell goes. That might work. Or not. J2 Felly. Whatever. We're just gonna go with it and, and roll 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 with the punches. Okay. We're gonna pretend Dallas <laughs> oh, Cowboys took Panay Sewell. Okay. That is kind of what we're thinking right now. Okay. Um, obviously, I think that the Cowboys could certainly trade back. They could certainly take a quarterback if one is available to available to them. Uh, but I expect them to take Panay Sewell because he's a generational talent. So this is an interesting discussion right here because Micah Parsons uh to me is the best player on the board right now to me there are three generational talents in this draft and that's trevor lawrence panay sewell and micah parsons so those three i feel like are in a tier of their own in terms of grade we know that tom telesco likes uh you know taking the best player available i personally don't think that he would take a linebacker but i just mm-hmm. wanted to mention that so we obviously if we're assuming that the chargers are without melvin ingram the debate in my opinion is gregory or so Quiddy Pay, and then Caleb Farley, uh, Sertan went second. So the Caleb Farley to me is an interesting one. If the Chargers are in the Seattle scheme, Caleb Farley is a perfect fit, and he's very intriguing. He's got a high upside thing or high upside ceiling. And then you have Quiddy Pay, Gregory Rousseau, the edge rushers. Alex, you've kind of looked at both of them. What do you think between the two edge rushers right here? Um, I think Quiddy Pay is more of the Melvin Ingram replacement. Uh, you, you've kind of mentioned that he's kind of very physically similar to him. Uh, Rousseau, you know, he's he's very talented, but he's opted out of this season, so we haven't really gotten to see what his development would be this year. Um, so that's kind of tough. He definitely needs a little bit more work on his moves, but if, you know, he could get there, I, I could see the Chargers taking him uh, in the top five. I could also see Quiddy Pay. Uh, in that position. Um, but personally, even if Melvin Ingram leaves, I think that the uh, need here is really corner. Uh, now, Patrick Sertan went number two. I think that's a bit unrealistic. Uh, <laughs> but even, you know, because really how I think this draft plays out is Lawrence Fields, then, you know, you could throw Sewell and one more player in there, whether that's uh, Sertan, maybe Jamar Chase. Uh, I don't know. You could put any of those guys in there. Michael Parsons, maybe. Um, but that's really how I see it kind of playing out. So I think you have those uh, top three plus one. So then I think the Chargers will have their choice of uh, one of those players kind of in the top five, whether that's Quiddy Pay, uh, Rousseau. If Sertan is off the board, um, I sort of feel... Uh, that Farley would be a great fit for the Chargers here. Uh, great 4-3 speed. Uh, 
great outside quarter, has great potential, I think, as a lockdown on the next level. Um, Daniel Jeremiah compared him a lot to Jimmy Smith, and I think that's a pretty apt comparison. Um, I, I think that he can be very good on this team. And cornerback is such a such an important position. They only have Hayward and Harris under contract next year. Uh, and Hayward's looking to be on the downslope right now. Uh, I think you go get your uh, number one corner. So for me, that would be Caleb Farley uh, with this pick with Patrick Sertan off the board. So for you, Patrick Sertan is above Caleb Farley. Yes, as as it is right now. I, I would say if Sertan is available at five, then you take him. If he's not, then I don't think it would be crazy for the Chargers to trade down one, two, you know, spots if some team wants to go up and then you take Farley. Um, but yeah, no, for, for me, it's Sertan and then Farley. I think at the quarterback position, when you look at the really first 15 picks, those are the two guys. Yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting debate between those two. And I think Caleb Farley is probably a better fit for a zone scheme. And, you know, he's got incredible ball skills. He's got He's a great playmaker. And the Chargers haven't really had that type of corner to, you know, consistently, you know, give them positive field position. You know, we had the one season of Casey Hayward when he had seven interceptions, I think. Um, but obviously, you know, he's kind of turned into more of a lockdown cover corner, and that's obviously okay. Um, but having a, a playmaker like him would be very interesting. Um, I'm I'm kind of hesitant on Gregory Rousseau. You know, you mentioned the, the opting out. I'm not going to blame anyone for opting out, but. To me, the majority of his production the last year that he played was it was all about effort, and that's definitely not a knock. He he hasn't played the position very much. He's very raw. He's definitely a project, and and so to me, when you're taking an edge rusher in the top ten, there's just too many question marks about Rousseau. Too much risk there, and so to me, Quiddy Pay is the safer edge rusher. I think he's a much more polished pass rusher. He's better against the run. He can do more things in terms of you know. Uh, pass moves and counters and things like that. He's got a, a great dip and rip. He's got a spin move. So to me, this would be between Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher, and Caleb Farley, the corner. Tyler, kind of the tiebreaker here. I think I would take the edge rusher. Alex wants to take the corner. What do you think? Okay, so I'm operating under the assumption that Michael Davis does return. I don't think the Chargers would jump into the draft without – Like, I don't think they would just let Davis go and then assume that they can find their corner. I mean, they they probably will. Like if you're yeah. dropping fifth, you're probably going to get your corner. Um, but I don't know if they're going to do that. Um, assuming Ingram doesn't come back, I I do think it's edge. I just think, I don't know, this just, it just feels like a am going to get a guy in the third round to eventually replace Hayward and Davis and have them develop kind of thing when you just want an edge rusher right away. Um, I do think they're going to end up kind of running back the same three corners, unfortunately. Um, and get like their Desmond King sort of guy later on, or not Desmond King guy, but you know, one of their later round guys, maybe round three guys. So yeah, I'll go with uh, Quiddy Pay here. Sorry, Alex. Oh man. <laughs> it's all good. I will say, you know, corner is definitely a position that's, you know, historically deeper. You know, you look at my favorite guy, Jalen Johnson, right? Second round pick. So you can get corners later on. Edge rushers typically is, you know, first round is where right. you want to spend your capital there. So I, I think that's a smart decision. So Quiddy Pay is the move. Micah Parsons next to the Dolphins, man. Peninsula to the Bengals, so <laughs> freaking irritating. How does that BYU quarterback? quarterback? He's super good. I have no comment. 
Okay, JC Horner, the corner right there from South Carolina. He's definitely interesting. Wow, Jalen Mayfield in the first. Yeah, this is the kind of risk. Like the Chargers do need an offensive tackle, right? That's pretty obvious to everybody. So this yeah. is the risk that you take in, in not having you're not getting your chance at uh Panay Sewell. All right. So the Chargers are on the board right now. Um looking at the board, there are some good offensive tackles. Liam Eichenberg, the tackle from Notre Dame, to me right now, he's my second favorite tackle. I think he's mm. he, he's just a mammoth of a run blocker. He's great in pass blocking. I don't think he would be a fit for the Chargers. I think he needs a like a power blocking, power run blocking scheme. And the Chargers do too much zone run. I don't know if that fits. Um, Dylan Radunes or Radins, I don't know how to say that, the North Dakota State one. He reminds me just of Brian Balaga. Like same mm. body type, same movement. Even wear the same number, you know, green and yellow jerseys. Like the the comparisons are crazy. So Radunes would be an interesting one. Um, obviously, we're not going to do an edge. There are some good corners right now. Jackson Carmen, uh, I'm not sold on him in terms of the Chargers. I think he's more of a power run blocker as well. Daniel Falele, uh, he is like 6'10". He's massive. Jeez. So uh, I don't know about that. Javon Holland, I would love that one. You know, in terms of like a cover nickel safety hybrid, that would be interesting to me. Uh, Walker Little, the tackle from Stanford, is interesting to me as well. Also important to note that when you get into these guys in the 60s, uh, the Chargers have that uh, compensatory third pick or will likely have that uh, if they want to trade up. So that might be interesting to watch uh, on day Mm -hmm. two-ish. So I guess it's just kind of how much do we think the Chargers need a tackle right here? Um, Alex Leatherwood is a guy that I really like. Again, I don't know how much he fits in terms of of doing zone blocking schemes. Um, In terms of corners, if we wanted to go that route, I like Tyson Campbell a lot. He's a a taller, lankier guy, similar to Michael Davis. Um, We know how much the Chargers like those type of corners. Asante Samuel, he's a feisty man cover corner. Reminds me of a lot of his dad, honestly. Um, Mm. But he's 5'9", probably. Like, he's really short, so... To me, it's offensive tackle here. What do you guys think? So I think it's between two players. Um, Eichenberg would be awesome. Don't think he's going to be there. So I'm kind of approaching this with he's not on the board. Uh, So the two that it comes down for me are Leatherwood. Uh, If Leatherwood is realistically there, I think he can uh, he can play offensive tackle. You know, there's questions about whether he'll play tackle or guard on the next level. But either way. Uh, the Chargers need someone who can play on the inside or outside. He's Trey Turner only has one year left on his deal. Brian Balaga has been dealing with injuries. Uh, so even if you get a guy on the inside, I think that would be awesome. Uh, but they do need a guy who can upgrade over, you know, some of their left tackles and right tackles. Right. So uh, I think you need an upgrade at that position. Uh, so I think leather would be great. And Asante Samuel Jr. If you don't go corner in the first round, uh, I think he would be uh, a great option. Reminds <laughs> a lot of people of obviously Asante Samuel is a little bit smaller in size. Um, but for me, uh, I would go with Leatherwood here. Um, just has, you know, pretty great intangibles, uh, great physicality. Uh, and I think that he's what the Chargers would look for 
uh, in a tackle or a guard at this point. So I think that, you know, you get him and hope to uh, hope to develop him. Uh, but he's not nearly the project that uh, someone like Trey Pipkins was. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I do want to say, I don't know if he'll go this early. He went right now to the, the Steelers at 32. Rayshon Slater is really interesting to me. You know, uh, you know, he's working with Duke Mannyweather, Mannyweather, who, you know, is, is an amazing offensive lineman coach. Um, he's a little smaller. I think he's only six, four. So he's very similar to Forrest Lamp, got a similar build. I think he could be an interesting target if he's there. The other one to me to keep an eye on, uh, is Taven Jenkins from Oklahoma state. He's getting a lot of buzz. Daniel Jeremiah tweeted out him the other day. I could see him, you know, being kind of a target as well. Um, so Tyler, I assume you think it's offensive tackle here as well. Yeah. Do they bring back Tevi? <laughs> I, I mean, I think Tevi will be back. I just don't know if he'll be starting. I think he's going to want like a George Fant kind of deal or like one of these things where he totally is going to get overpaid and go to some team because he is a starter, I guess. And, you know, he did, he's doing fine. He's not great. Um, but Telesco will go best player available. There's looks like there's nothing but offensive tackles here. So I don't even know what another, I don't even know what another option would be at this point. A couple of corners. Um, he'll take the best player available. Hunter Henry, Nasir Adderley, Jenin Mosu. Like he'll just pick whoever's the best available guy. Uh, it looks like that's offensive tackle. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, up to you guys. I feel like Alex Leatherwood is going to be the name that gets brought up, like Austin Jackson. You know, for every single Chargers fan, like just the name that everybody knows, and yeah. so they draft him. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I have a feeling that's going to happen in many mock drafts from fans. Um, yeah. So, it's up to you guys. I, I think it's offensive tackle. I don't think you should. You know, well, no. If Tevi's not resigned, it's it's almost well, and they don't draft Sewell. Um, it pretty much has to be off the tackle at this point. So, yeah, I think, you know, that, that's an interesting conversation because to me, you know, the, the main criticism right now of Tom Telesco is that he hasn't invested a ton of top tier uh, draft capital in offensive linemen. And so that's kind of, you know, he has to do that this year or otherwise his seat's going to get mighty hot. So to me, um, I personally, I would feel like Radunes is the better fit. Um, I feel like, He's more of a project, though, because, you know, he hasn't played in 2020. He had the one game, the one showcase game against uh, Arkansas State, I think. Anyway, so to me, Alex Leatherwood is very polished. I, I love what I see from Alex Weather, Leatherwood. He can play inside. He can play outside. Uh, he started right guard as a freshman and a sophomore and then moved to the left tackle the last two years. So I think we're in agreement that it's Alex Leatherwood. Okay, sure. And I do think they'll... Well, I would love for them to double dip later on with tackles because yeah. everything behind Belaga looks questionable. And if there's no Tevi, what do we have? Storm Norton. So yeah, I think they'll double dip. <laughs> well, we say that every year that they're going to double dip and they don't. So, <laughs> well, I mean, they double dip the receiver. So I mean, uh, I it's interesting. And they had one snap on Sunday oh, combined. Gosh. All right, so uh, this second round is going to be interesting because there are some other tackles that I like and other interior offensive linemen that I like in terms of the third round. The Chargers have two third-round picks this year because of Phillip Rivers, so definitely a good opportunity to get someone, another impact player here. Okay, so let me look at the who just went. Alec Lindstrom is a guy I really like in terms of interior offensive line. 
Uh, Bubba Bolden would be another one very similar to Desmond King in terms of play style, a little undersized, probably needs to run a good 40 time. Um, Chuba Hubbard. Wow. Desmond Ritter, the tackle or the quarterback from Cincinnati. Good for him. Okay. So what are we thinking here? You want to do another defensive back? Who's the worst player on the board? On the in Kadathu Telesco is going to take the third <laughs> round, so you just point me in that direction. That's who it is, yeah. Um, so we took Quiddy Pay first, obviously. So I, I kind of feel like they have to take a defensive back here. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some interesting options as, uh, you know, in terms of linebacker, you know, Merlin Robinson right here, very good coverage linebacker that I like a lot out of Arizona State. So definitely someone to keep an eye on if you're a college football fan um but to me this is kind of unrealistic that he's here but javon holland would be the choice without a doubt in my mind um i do not think he will be on the board at this point so i'm not going to choose him let's go to the corners okay so israel muka amu i think brave attempt i don't know um he's he's the other other corner opposite of jc horn very physical that's how south south carolina likes their corner you know exclusively man-to-man he's got some good ball skills gets a little grabby at the top of routes uh so he's he's gotten a few uh pass interference calls against him carrie vincent the corner from lsu you know again very lanky athletic corner i think that would be my choice because that's kind of it seems like that's what the Chargers want to do at the at the cornerback position is get some, you know, six one six two type corners that can, uh, you know, uh, run fast, and that's kind of what Kerry Vincent is. And then the rest, that's kind of a reach to go from eighty four to one fifteen. <laughs> so let me pull up the. I don't think that they'll go safety. So I'm I'm mostly looking at mm-hmm. this for guys who could play in like the nickel, like Javon Holland could play in the nickel. I think. And Andre Cisco could play the nickel, um, at least until Chris Harris leaves. So, yeah, I, I think my choice would be the corner from LSU, Kerry Vincent. Um, maybe look at, a, you know, a target for uh, Justin Herbert. Sage Sherratt, I feel like, would be a good insurance policy for Mike Williams. Kadarius Tony is stupid good after the catch. Nico Collins, another guy that I think would be another insurance policy for Mike Williams. Same with Tylen Wallace. You know, big catch radius jump ball guys. What are you guys thinking? Um, so I would actually go interior defensive line here. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to go with Jalen Twyman uh, from Pittsburgh. Uh, this dude is the best tackle uh, that they've had at Pittsburgh since Aaron Donald. Uh, has some great pass rushing ability. Um, I I just think even this usurps a need for me. Uh, you know, I know he's technically ranked between, uh, behind Tyler Sh- uh, Shelvin, but he's just such a freak athlete. Uh, I would personally go with Jalen Twyman here. I think he is one of the best defensive tackles in this draft. And it's crazy to me that he's in the third round here, but he could also be one of those guys that rises during the combine. Uh, I know cornerback is a need, but I also told you guys to go cornerback earlier. (laughs) Um, So 
to me, it's best player available here. And I think that's personally Jalen uh, Twyman. Is he much of a run stopper? Uh, he's more of a kind of pass rusher, but he definitely has better uh, run stopping ability than someone like Jerry Tillery. He's kind of like uh, a little bit less beefy Aaron Donald. But uh, I think he's very good against the pass uh, and has good run uh, blocking fundamentals or run stopping fundamentals, I should say. All right, Tyler, do we go best player available or do you take a corner or a receiver? What are you thinking? Um, regarding receiver, I, they do still have a wide receiver three issue. You know, I think people are very happy with Guyton this year. You know, he makes some big plays, but otherwise, you know, what's he really done? You know, it's, it's very hard to have a Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams trio. Yeah. Um, but they need to get something closer to Tyrell Williams than, than uh, Jalen Guyton or, or Tyron Johnson or, or KJ Hill or Joe Reed, um, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so, but I still don't, I don't, I don't think they go receiver, um, but I, I could totally see them doing it, especially because they have two thirds or three thirds, whatever the heck it is. Um, but I still think it's that interior defensive line shuffle. I just don't know if, if, what do you do? You still have Joseph, you still have Tillery, you still have Jones, you still have Broughton probably resign square for the fourth time. So, <laughs> you know, man, my vote is, my vote is taking the corner from LSU. Mm-hmm. Oh, Alex, I'm going <laughs> to, I always have to you. make things difficult. I'm <laughs> well, okay. Technically I'm, I'm giving you your corner again. So, I would go corner. I think it's a little too crowded right now for interior defensive talk or yeah, the defensive lineman. That said, they really do need someone to stop the run because um, they have a bunch of pass rushers and Linval Joseph, who's got one more year. So he's just 2021. 20, that's it. I think. I think if you were looking for a pure run stopper there, it would be someone like uh, Tyler Shelvin uh, who opted out of this year. Yeah, uh, I think that would be the guy that you go with, but I just think there's so much upside uh, to Jalen Twyman and what he mm-hmm. could become in the NFL, which is why I'm so high on him. Um, but I, I don't know that if there's a way you can really go wrong with this pick. Uh, I also like Kerry Vincent from LSU uh, and uh, Ukamu uh, that we just mentioned. So I would also be cool with either of them. All right. So Kerry Vincent, it is. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Tall, lanky corner. <laughs> All right, there's Mukamama back to back. So, so we have one more pick. Yes. Oh, they add compensatory picks. They sure did. Oh, great. Um, that's why the draft network is mostly the best. <laughs> um, Sage Surat from Wake Forest, definitely someone to keep an eye on. In my opinion, I think he'd be a fantastic. Uh, replacement or potential insurance policy for Mike Williams. I really like Sage Rot. All right. So Chargers back on the board. Um, the draft network list into your offensive line, linebacker, receiver, tight end uh, as the main needs right here. I wouldn't hate grabbing uh, a potential weapon here for Justin Herbert, um, but that's obviously not the best player available. Paris Ford, just going to talk about him. He's probably like the hardest hitting player on defense that I've watched. Like he's mean. And uh, he kind of gave me some, some Jonathan Abrams vibes without being such an asshole. Um, So I think Paris Ford would be 
interesting. I don't know if they'll take a safety. They could certainly double down at tackle here. I think Spencer Brown is super intriguing to me. Former tight end, got a ton of athleticism. I know everybody kind of hates the small school experience because of Trey Pipkins, but Spencer Brown to me uh, is a different kind of kind of beast than Trey Pipkins ever was. You know, I, I, his film is incredible to me. Brady Christensen out of BYU. He is the one BYU player that I will be talking about because he is a fantastic offensive tackle. Uh, Hunter Long, the tight end from Boston College, really like him. Some good uh, running backs here. Tevin Jenkins, like I mentioned, I, I don't think that he's going to be here. He's getting first-round hype right now. Um, Mijai Sanders, another edge rusher, is interesting. Where are these receivers at? Nick Eubanks, he's interesting at tight end. Let me pull up the receivers. Tight end is an interesting one, though, because they could be down to Donald Parham. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that Hunter Henry will be back at this point. Yeah. Um, but these receivers right here are interesting. Justin Ross will be a perfect fit. He just has a major neck injury, so that kind of worries mm-hmm. me. Ronnie Bell, another big receiver that could be a potential Mike Williams insurance policy. Um, Austin Watkins, same kind of thing, but that's kind of a reach right there. Um, Tutu Atwell out of Louisville, man. I he would be perfect. Like he, wide receiver three speedy slot guy. I think Tutu Atwell would be fantastic. I think she Smith would be another good addition. And so would Elijah Moore. I'm kind of on the board of taking a receiver right here, just because I think, you know, this is kind of the point where the best ones are taken. What are you guys thinking with this last third round pick? Um, Which uh, safeties are available right now? Just out of curiosity. So there's Paris Ford, like I mentioned, uh, Colby Harville Peel. Richie Grant would be a very interesting one. I think he's got some really good athleticism to him, some good ball skills. Caden Stern from Texas, James Wiggins from Cincinnati, Ardarius Washington from TCU. I have not watched him, but I've told I've been told by other people that he would be a good fit, maybe. So I well, I I did my own mock draft, but I uh, had uh, Hamza Nasruddin here from Florida State. I really love uh, his style of play as a safety, but he is no longer on the board. Um, so, all right, let's go back to the top of the board right now. So it seems like kind of a prime area to take a tight end. Yeah. Maybe an area that they could target. I personally would go. I would go with one of the receivers. Honestly, I would. I think you'd reach for your receiver and then, you know, eight picks or 10 picks, whenever they pick. That's true. They do pick in 10 picks for now. All right. Just take a tight end. So I think one of the tight ends would be a good choice. Yeah. Hunter Long, interesting one. I think Nick Eubanks has got some athletic upside, but he's definitely not, you know, like a Hunter Henry well-rounded type guy. He's more of like an Evan Ingram type player. Right. So if you're going to go, if you're looking for like a Hunter Henry well-rounded replacement, I think that's Hunter Long from Boston College. I'd pick Hunter receiver Long, at this point. Uh, is interesting. Can you scroll down a little bit? 
I just want to see some of the other guys that are Brett Jenkins. You want the tight ends or, or just in general? Um, I'm kind of in- so I'm long would be cool. Uh, I wouldn't mind doubling on offensive tackle he- uh, here. I think there's uh, some guys like uh, Spencer Brown uh, that are nice. Um, Jenkins. I also like out of Oklahoma state. So there's a couple guys you could go with here. I think I'm going to lean towards uh long in this situation, the tight end. Yeah. The, these interior offensive linemen at this point, I'm kind of just not interested in. So to me, me I, feel I think like... if you, yeah, if, if you're going past round three or four, I think that you really lean towards tackles and see which one develops uh, like, Trey Pipkins <laughs> to an extent um, once you get past the real like top tier tackle. So uh, Spencer Brown is an interesting one, but I think for this purpose, I would go with Hunter Long, depending well, also replacing a Hunter with a Hunter potentially. <laughs> so not bad. Way there. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think that's the pick for me as well. Tyler, you cool with it? Sure. Cool. <laughs> so that brings us through round so I think. Three. I think literally they pick in like 10 picks after that. Pretty much. All right. So that is our first mock draft. Um, I'm honestly pretty happy with this. You know, Quiddy Pay, Alex Leatherwood, Kerry Vincent, Hunter Long. I think you'd get four legitimate future starters there. Um, the the thought of having Quiddy Pay, like transitioning from Melvin Ingram to Echenna and Wilson briefly, and then Quiddy Pay, man. Oh, that's just like chef's kiss for me. I think that would be a perfect transition. Um, what do you guys think about this? These first four picks, man. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the positions they need. Obviously, they need edge, depending on what happens with Melvin Ingram, and even not depending on right what happens with Ingram. I still think you go, you might go edge in the first round, uh, corner, something they obviously need, and then you look at tackle, interior, offensive line. Um, I think receiver is the one you could argue that maybe towards the end of the third round we were talking about, they take one. Um, But other than that, no, I I think they addressed really uh, the needs that we expect them to at the top of the draft, which means uh, that's probably not how it's going to (laughs) go on uh, draft night. They're not going to fit the players in that we want, but um, so just for context, my mock draft that I, I'm going to post on uh, Bolt Beat tomorrow, uh, my first four picks in the three rounds were Patrick Sertan, uh, Alex Leatherwood, uh, Tyler Schlevin, or Shelvin uh, from LSU, the interior defensive lineman, uh, and then I went Hamsa Nasraldin, the safety out of Florida State. Uh, so I think you could really go um, a lot of ways here, but I definitely think first three rounds priorities are corner tackle uh, and then potentially edge, uh, or if they want to add, maybe double down on corner, double down on offensive tackle. Yeah, no, the picks look great considering what we think their needs are going to be coming to the draft. Yeah, I think this looks great. I don't know the prospects very well. Um, You guys do, so I trust you. Um, I, the only monkey wrench for me is what do they think of Echenna and Mosu? I mean, do they like if they think he's a starter? Why, you know, what are you doing at Edge? I mean, I know you said like go with Echenna and Mosu and then transition to Quiddy Pay. Not like you're going to ignore Quiddy Pay for a year, but I don't know. That's just kind of the monkey wrench right now. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much they, you know, 
because obviously, you know, had a great, you know, couple of games this year, but then they went right back to Ingram and almost completely forgot about Echenna and Mosu. So I, I don't know how they feel about him, but they have a guy they can just take and just put in their starting lineup next year without paying Ingram on a rookie contract. So I don't know. It's just, it's just the monkey draft wrenching the whole draft. And then do they like Tevi? And then they might not take it off as a tackle. I don't know. So it's really tough. After free agency, it'd be very, very easy to yeah. start picking players. But for right now, it's like, I don't know. So that means that so we're assuming, I guess that we're assuming Ingram doesn't come back. I, I, I don't know if Tevi comes back if you're taking a guy at 37. And then I think even if you have all three corners come back, or if you resign Davis, that is, I think you can still take a corner in the third. So, yeah, works for me. <laughs> cool. Sounds sure. good. Um, like you mentioned, you know, the Ochenna Wilson thing has definitely been uh, a little frustrating because, I mean, you, you have an older guy who you think you want to keep it a little more fresh that's not really producing. And uh, it's just going to be really interesting to see that maybe maybe if they transition a little bit to, you know, giving Ochenna Wilson 30, 40 snaps, maybe that's something that they explore down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that he's deserving of a larger role for this team. And uh, it definitely would not surprise me if they decided to bring back Melvin Ingram, if they decided to, you know, kind of go, you know, quote unquote, all in on, on Inwoso and maybe take an edge rusher for depth later on. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that, you know, in this instance with Patrick Sertan gone, I really like Caleb Farley. I don't know if I would take him in the top five you know, the, the uh, lack of experience and kind of there is some risk there. I think the upside would outweigh the risk, but it's just to me, Quiddy pay is a no brainer top five pick. I, I don't know if that is the case for Caleb Farley in my opinion. Yeah. The thing I just struggle with in the first round is I really think that um, it's becoming clear that they kind of need to go corner um, yeah. because of how much the secondary is falling apart. Um, I could definitely go edge, right? Obviously, that's, you know, if you get rid of Ingram or, you know, you don't know quite what you're doing within Wosu. I think cornerback is, you know, because if we're seeing if we're seeing Hayward hit the wall now, um, it, it really concerns me what it could be like next year. Um, then you add in maybe Michael Davis doesn't come back and he takes a bigger role somewhere in free agency. Um, so for me, I think you have to go corner here. Um, in the first round, whether that's Sertan, uh, I wouldn't mind trading down a little bit for Farley. Um, obviously, a lot of things can change with the combine. Sertan can move up or Farley could move down. Um, there's a lot of things that could happen. But right now, I would personally go with Patrick Sertan or Caleb Farley in that first round. Yeah. And, you know, someone asked me like the difference between Sertan and, and Farley. I think. If Sertan is there at five, Sewell goes, you know, at number four, I'm totally okay with Sertan at five. You know, that's the difference for me. I do feel like Sertan is worth a top five pick. I feel like his measurables, his experience, you know, his mostly his length and athleticism, I feel like, you know, is is worthy of a top five pick. Caleb Farley is definitely an athlete. He's more of he's more of a Casey Hayward gonna rely on technique type of corner than Sertan, who is right now just you know, be seen on guys with his athleticism. So um, that's really the difference for me right now. Again, kind of depends on how they test out and, and really kind of what the chargers need from here on out. So 
hopefully you guys enjoyed this. It was a fun exercise. Again, it's kind of disappointing that we're here doing a mock draft in November, <laughs> but it is what it is. You know, I had fun. I love doing mock drafts. I love, you know, studying college prospects and hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed this exercise. So as always, do not forget to check out our promo code at Manscaped. That's promo code guilty for 20% off of Manscaped. Uh, if you want to do a better job on your balls than Justin Herbert did on his hair, make sure and get the lawnmower <laughs> for <laughs> at Manscaped. <laughs> I still can't believe he's cut his hair, man. Oh, geez. <laughs> Anyways. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you uh, keep an eye out for our next episode as well as some other film work that we're going to be doing. That'll do it. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.